0: Hey homies, I'm Katie, I'm Sydney, and this is Something Sick. Welcome, we're We're back. I was going
1: to say we're back. You cut me off. Is this episode 25? Yes. Ah, that's so exciting. (laughs) Next week's is officially halfway through a year, isn't it? Is it 20- yeah yeah
0: oh my goodness we put out happy years worth of podcast episodes hey every week we've done it six we've done months. it happy six months
1: <laughs> <laughs> we are also back from seattle oh my gosh in guys. portland but we were not in there we were not there for very long it was so nice the weather It was in the 60s and 70s the entire time we were there. Let's also note that we are recording
0: this episode in the middle of a heat wave, and we have to turn our air off to record.
1: It says it's like 90 outside, but it feels like 100, and it is 7.17 p.m., and it's that hot still. So this is going to be fun. We are probably going to be very gross. You're all lucky you can't see us. Yeah, but in Seattle, we went on a haunted pub tour. That was very fun. If you're ever in Seattle, go do the Nightly Spirits Haunted Pub Tour. Yes. And hopefully you get Reagan. She killed it. It she was so fun. It was very fun. And
0: then we thought a lot about serial killers.
1: <laughs> yes. There's so many of them
0: there. Yeah. so many. They even said, we have a serial killer problem. <laughs> yeah. And our tour guide, Reagan, kept being like, we're going to talk about one, but not Ted, because I hate Ted. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: don't worry someday we will talk about it. oh him, yes everyone. he's high on the list yes yeah um also we went on an underground tour oh yeah and that was also like partially a haunted tour not as much but you should also do that if you go to seattle if you're weird like us it's the best way to learn the history it was so fun you learned a
0: lot about poop yeah, um, other things. I feel like we've missed so much because we haven't
1: recorded in like two weeks. I know. Uh, Destination Fear came out. Oh my gosh. So excited. And they went to Waverly. Our favorite. I, I have to say, we, we experienced more at Waverly yeah. than they did.
0: I wish they spent more time on the fourth floor. Yeah. Because that's where we experienced the most, I think.
1: But And the morgue. And the morgue. I feel like it, they would have benefited from getting the tour from a tour guide first of like all the history and locations and like who is on what floor because and like how to look for the shadow figures like where you most often see them yeah i feel like that benefits you more
0: so what we're saying is they should go back with us next time
1: yeah (laughs) uh also our tour guide from our overnight was on the episode oh yeah chelsea isn't that her name yeah i think so she was so cool
0: love that
1: yeah congratulations to her
0: queen yeah and so it's back and we will probably talk about it a little bit every episode
1: to yeah be quite honest i mean we'll talk about every new one because another one comes out in two days yep Woo-hoo. so excited uh, the new ghost adventures was not very good if anyone wanted to know
0: from the day that we recorded this
1: yes the one the first one back was okay they caught yeah. interesting things the one that we just watched was not very good all of our ghost shows are coming back we're very excited yes so one more thing, because we talked about it, I don't know if it was last week or the yes. week before, but I talked about, this is Katie, I hope y'all know, <laughs> but I talked about how I grew up in Kansas and there were two serial killers at the time that I was like a little kid there. And one of them, not BTK, the other one, I can't even remember his name now, It's okay. not it, important. It's not important. Screw uh, I like talked about how he was like in my hometown, but, and I was like pretty close to me. That I had honestly, like, I only heard a few street names on Morbid, so I didn't really know. But then my dad, who edits these, doesn't really like ghosts or anything. This is not ghost related. I don't know how he feels about true crime, <laughs> but he facetimed me to tell me that there's this family that used to go to our church, and my sister and I, and like our friends, we used to go spend the night at their trailer house, trailer home, and the serial killer managed that property, like all of that trailer park, and he lived like three doors down from the one that I used to spend the night in. So the, the likelihood that at some point I could have been so close to this man, yeah. or close to where he's taken someone before, is terrifying. Bye. Yeah, that's so scary. <laughs> I was like, thank you for putting that image in my head. I really appreciate it, Dad. I mean... But I'm glad he listened. I'm glad he, he wasn't just out. editing and...
0: And also, like, what a crazy story. That's my now, my serial killer story for myself. And I hope I never have another. I was going to say, do you want? I never want another. (laughs) But yeah, that was a lot for us to just like, we had a lot to update you guys on.
1: And we have another really cool thing, but you have to listen to the next episode to find out. Yes,
0: because we're splitting it up and we record these two at once. So
1: don't tell them that.
0: Is it a secret? I didn't know.
1: <laughs> what? What? No. 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 You know. You have to listen to the next one to hear our news. It's exciting news. Yes. That we will probably have
0: more. Yeah. On. The next
1: at least two episodes will talk about this thing. Yes. So
0: so just just keeping you updated. Yeah. So should we get into it? Yes. All right. So what are we talking about today for our twenty fifth episode? The Whaley House. Ooh
1: and my mom has been here Shut but i up. asked her if she saw anything or experienced anything and she said no <laughs> she what? said it was a cool house but it def- she said it was the eerie okay. but she didn't like experience i also don't know how old she was yeah and i don't know how into the paranormal she really was I'm like yeah and it was probably just a historical thing so that makes sense yeah but anyways this one dedicated to my mom Who likes ghosts, but will not listen to our podcast. She'll never know that we talked about her. That's the one. Do you think she'll listen to this one because she got a shout out? I don't know. This is the one. That's the one parent that I had faith in listening (laughs) to this. And she has maybe listened to eight episodes. A episode, if that. I don't know if she has listened to more than one. That's okay. Or one full one. I have no idea. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Okay. I went back and forth about how I was going to split this up. So I'm going... At first, I was like, I'll do the history of the house, then the family, then hauntings. But then I was like, no, maybe I should do the family first and then the house. I'm just going to do the house first because the family is a little crazier. So I wanted to start on like the not so crazy. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's still kind of crazy, but not that crazy. So the Whaley House is located in San Diego, California. I also just realized I should have looked up some of the names for later and I didn't do that. So we'll do it in the moment. Fun. (laughs) Uh, It's located in San Diego, California. California, I can't California. speak today. The heat is coming for me. <laughs> We're uh, both gonna have heatstroke on I this know. episode. In the old town neighborhood, and when I wrote that, all I could think of was a song out "Old Town Road," but that I'm just will get my horse hope, to the
0: old town neighborhood. I hope that
1: gets stuck in your head, won't. Well, we're talking about this. So Thomas Whaley purchased the land in 1855, even though the site was host to a lot of executions. And one of the most famous ones there was James Yankee Jim Robinson. And some people said he was a thief on BuzzFeed Unsolved. They said he attempted to steal Mm -hmm. and didn't actually do it. I don't know. But Either way, he was trying to steal a boat. <laughs> and go so, big or go home. Yeah, he was executed there. And Thomas Whaley was reportedly in the audience of the hanging. He was at a lot of executions, which I'm going to talk about. That's way more at the end. But this man just Why? goes to executions no. and he still bought the land. That all this happened. Why on. was
0: that a thing for people to just go to executions?
1: Yeah, it's not pleasant. No. People still do. I guess, But it's yeah. like way more enclosed and like, Yeah. And it's not just like the general I public. That. I just think I got a bug bite. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Um. So construction started on the Whaley house uh, on May 6th, 1856 and it ended in eight the construction ended in 1857 it was designed by Thomas Whaley himself and was a two-story Greek Revival style uh, the house the cost of the house at the end was more than ten thousand dollars which today is roughly three hundred and twelve thousand dollars okay and also included in his house when he built it was a general store to work out he was like a businessman. oh like okay yeah interesting yeah so he told the san diego coast life i'm not sure if it's a newspaper or a magazine but cool. uh i'm sure it's a newspaper because did they have magazines in the 1800s no probably idea. not uh if i'm wrong don't tell me we don't care (laughs) he said quote my new house when completed will be the handsomest most comfortable and convenient place in town or within 150 miles of here end quote i'm ryan Bergara. also buzzfeed unsolved true crime is over r.i.p
0: everyone i miss you already yeah
1: so the bricks used to create the house were made in whaley's own brickyard and the house itself was the first brick building in the city. And one place I saw that it was the first one in California. I don't know if that's true, but hmm. what, were they, I guess, just wood or... I mean, yeah. Or like, I don't know what else Yeah, I don't know use. what else you would use. <laughs> So the Whaley house became known as the finest in Southern California and became a gathering place for the city of San Diego. It was considered a mansion for its time and location and was furnished with Brussels carpets, mahogany and rosewood furniture, and damask drapes. Don't know what those are exactly, but besides being a home for the Whaley family, it housed San Diego's County Courthouse, General Store, and the city's first commercial theater in the house this is very interesting And if, when i show you a facial later this house does not look that i know big. i was gonna say
0: i didn't think that it was that it's big. really
1: not and so i'm gonna tell you a little bit more about the theater and how many people they fit into this and it's kind of crazy
0: well and also like for it to only be what like three hundred and twelve thousand in today's yeah money
1: like that's it's, really not a lot it's really not and it's now it's a museum kind of yeah it's, but it's just like
0: I'm about to tell you. Okay, like, cool. Not about. The, I
1: don't have the specs of it, yeah. but like, so the upstairs bedrooms, like there are a couple bedrooms, were converted into the theater. It's like bedroom size, really. Yeah. Uh, in October 1868, and Thomas Whaley rented it out to a local theater troupe called the Tanner Troupe um, for the opening night performance. Did they like open up the be- like bedrooms to make one big room, or it was I, just honestly watching it. On like the TV shows I watched, it looks like it was probably just one big bedroom or two combined. Cool, but it was like the stage is probably a little bit bigger than the width of our TV. It's tiny. Oh, and there's like a little dressing room behind our TV. I don't even know how many inches it is. Like fifty something. Fifty. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, not people are like we don't. I mean, it's like a bit bigger than that, but it's looks pretty small, especially on camera. Like a couple feet. Yeah. A little bit more than a couple feet, but... Um, so, the small upstairs room on opening night held a stage, a few benches, and somehow 150 guests in, like, standing room only in the room. They really packed that place out, didn't it they? It is... Good for the Tanner True. Tanner troop. <laughs> there is no way that... I don't know how they fit that many people in there. They uh, didn't have fire marshals. <laughs> no. They should have. Um, Women had to be advised not to wear their petticoats and hoop skirts because they were like, we won't fit in here if you women all wear your giant skirts. (laughs) So unfortunately, Thomas Tanner, another Thomas, who operated the theater and led the troupe died only 17 days after opening night, which led the theater troupe to end by January 1869. So that didn't last very long. But the theater is still there in the building. Uh, the house, like I also said, was used as the county courthouse in 1869. The courtroom is still in there as well. Uh, Wait, the, so did they just not live in the house at all? Oh, they did. They still lived in the
0: house. What did they do with their bedrooms that they converted into a
1: theater? And was, they had six kids. They oh originally had three when they lived in the house. I'll tell you this later. They moved away, had three more, and like came. But okay, they had a lot of kids, and they fed them into those rooms for real. Uh, so the courthouse uh, the lease for the courtroom and three of the upstairs bedrooms like combine into that uh, costs cost about sixty-five dollars a month, which is about thirteen hundred today. So our rent was basically yeah, that's fine. the cost of that. <laughs> uh, the Whaley and Crosswaite don't know if that's right, but I think general store was also operated inside of the Whaley house during its history. Uh, in the eighteen sixties to seventies, there was a battle between the old town neighborhood. Residents and the new town residents, which is where downtown San Diego currently is, uh, the two neighborhoods were fighting for dominance of the city, and the Whaley House was a focal point during this time Fun. because, like, all of the county records and stuff were yeah. in the house because that's where they were paying rent. The government was paying mm-hmm. rent to store them during that. Thomas Whaley was just like, "You can buy my whole house, like I don't want to be part of this," and they like just would ignore his offers. He was like, okay, you don't want the whole house. <laughs> like Just take it. But they didn't bite. Uh, the Newtown people wanted the county records and things moved to Newtown. Obviously, uh, the fight was heavily weighing on the local elections. The Democrats were favoring Oldtown and the Republicans were favoring Newtown. I don't know when politics like flipped.
0: Like 1920s, okay. I think, so. uh, which
1: that's probably wrong. But it was like early 1900s. Yeah. So uh, the local sheriff at one time was ordered to seize the Whaley house, but he refused. I think he was getting like different orders, like conflicting orders from different people. Uh, After three years of being in court, the California Supreme Court ordered the original three supervisors of it all like that they had been previously removed and they Order that they be reinstated and those three were the ones who were asking for the county records to be moved to newtown uh, old town residents threatened with armed resistance but eventually the move happened and on march 31st 1871 and i think that's how downtown san diego was chosen fun a little fight with the whaley house in between interesting so now i'm going to talk about the whaley family it's a lot And a lot of people dying. And that's not, luckily not all of it. Like it's not really super gruesome, Mm -hmm. but it's like, it's not fun. So Thomas Whaley, the patriarch, I was thinking, what word am I thinking? (laughs) Was born on October 5th, 1823 in New York City. He was Scots-Irish and the seventh kid in a 10-person family. That's a lot of kids. Yeah. Uh, His father was a successful businessman, and Thomas took over for him and left New York City on January 1st, 1849. Okay. Yep. So this was kind of during the California gold rush, and so Thomas headed towards San Francisco and ended up in San Diego in 1851. So it took him a couple years to get there, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but he finally got there. Thomas Whaley did end up heading back to New York and marrying Anna Eloise Delaney, I think uh two years later on august 14th 1853 i don't know if he how they got together but it's okay they got married in new york cute across they just like to go across country the whole country (laughs) their whole they do it in their family i feel like they just like they mainly are in new york city san diego and san francisco so later that year in 1853 anna and thomas went back to california (laughs) to San Diego and they got there on December 7th, 1853. Uh, They moved into the Whaley house once it was finished on August 22nd, 1857. So they had six kids. Francis Hinton was born on December 28th, 1854. So Before they bought the land for the house. And he was named after a business partner.
0: 54. Oh, he was born on 54. In 1854. In my brain, I was like, he got married in 54. But I was like, his parents just got married.
1: Okay. He was born. Uh, The second was also a son, Thomas Whaley Jr. He was born on August 18th, 1856. So two years after that. House was still not done. Uh, And I said, imagine being the firstborn and you weren't given your dad's name, but the second son was... It's like, I get, maybe you really loved your business partner, but. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I was like, kid it's the firstborn. Yeah. So that's kind of weird. Uh, The third child was Anna Amelia, named after her mom. Yeah. I'm I'm going to keep referring to them by their middle names, their first and middle names, just because like the mom's name is Anna too. So if I say just Anna, it's the mom. If I say Anna Amelia, it's the daughter. Got it. Uh, Anna Amelia was born on June 27th, 1858. And so that was all pre-house well that was in the house she was in mm-hmm. the house um the fourth child there's so many of them george hay ringold <laughs> such a long name uh was born on november 5th 1860 they're all like exactly like two years apart it's very nice they were like clockwork <laughs> yeah uh the fifth one was violet eloise born on october 14th 1862 Ellie's birthday. (laughs) Ellie, 1862. She does does not listen to this podcast. And the sixth child was Corinne Lillian, which I think, I really think their kids' names are pretty cute. At least the girls are very cute. Uh, She was born on September 4th, 1864. So um, tragically, Thomas Whaley Jr. suffered from scarlet fever when he was only 18 months old and passed away on January 29th, 1858. So he was not, he died in the house Yeah. So that is... The first death yeah. of the family in the house. Because mm-hmm. there's been deaths on the property before, yeah. like I said. So shortly after um, Thomas Jr.'s death, the Whaley's family store caught on fire. And I read somewhere it said arson. And oh. I couldn't find more details, but apparently someone set it on fire. Interesting. And so following this rough sequence of events, uh, Thomas had decided to give it, the dad, decided to give his business dealings in the neighborhood to a Wells Fargo agent named Frank Frank Ames in January 1859, and the Whaley family headed towards San Francisco. Okay. So they moved away for the first time. I think they might have moved away again, but I don't know. I can't remember. They moved away. We'll find out. They move a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So like nine years later, approximately, I think there was an earthquake, and that led Thomas Whaley to decide to invest some of the capital he had and his stock into merchandising or something like that. And then they were like, it's time to head back to San Diego. <laughs> Let's go back to that house. <laughs> yeah. And so upon returning, Thomas got there first and he started to fix the house up to make sure it was ready for the family. And Anna and the five kids moved back home on December 12th, 1868. Uh, and then... On January 5th, 1882, there was a double Whaley family wedding. Violet Eloise married George T. Bertolacci. I don't know if that's right. He sucks. So I don't care if that's right. Uh, And Anna Amelia married her first cousin, John T. Whaley. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Same name and everything. Yeah. Oh. So, uh, you would think that the cousins I got married would have had the more unsuccessful marriage, but poor Violet drew the short straw. Didn't marry her cousin, but... They're not. both bad. Yeah. So, two weeks after her wedding, Violet and George headed out east for their honeymoon. And one morning, Violet woke up, and George was nowhere to be found. Turns out he was a con artist who only married her because she had a pretty hefty dowry, and he thought he would get it once they're married. A con artist. Yeah. As if this wasn't bad enough, Violet had to return home without her husband and unchaperoned, which proper ladies just don't do that in the 19th century. Oh my gosh. Um, and because of societal standards and restrictive like morals and stuff of the time period, she was shunned by quote unquote polite society. Oh my gosh. Uh, which that doesn't really feel polite to me
0: no that's not polite oh sorry it's impolite that you're not with your husband who conned
1: you and left you (laughs) on your honeymoon oh my gosh and you came back unchaperoned because one you can't do that yourself you can't get home on your own and because you were abandoned yeah how dare you come home when you were like alone when you were abandoned just stay there (laughs) what the heck yeah so violet and george were officially divorced roughly a year later and during this time, Violet suffered from pretty severe depression and never really recovered from mm-hmm. like his betrayal or like society's humiliate. Like she was so yeah. humiliated. I think it, people say that she mostly stuck around like the second floor of their home. Like that's where most people, spoiler, see her spirit is mostly mm-hmm. on the second floor. And because people are like, I think that's where she spent most of her time. Yeah. So sadly, on August 18th, 1885, at the age of 22, so our age, Violet shot herself in the chest with her father's gun, and Oof. it took about 15 minutes for her to die. I think she did it outside, and her dad heard it and, like, carried her inside, and she died in their parlor. Oh, yeah, in the chest. Yeah. And the parlor is right over where all the executions happen. So oh that spot's pretty dense. Yeah. yeah. But at our age, just like, she's been through a lot. Yeah. And I people were so, I don't, I think obviously her family was like on her side. Yeah. But like no one else was there for her. Um, her suicide note reads, and it's a passage from a poem by Thomas Hood called A Bridge of Sighs. And apparently Edgar Allan Poe referenced this poem a lot. But it just said all her note read mad from life's history, swift to death's mystery, good to be hur- gold to be hurled anywhere, anywhere out of this world. Oof. It's so sad. I, I would not want to find that. Yeah. Or I wouldn't want to hear it. I don't know. Yeah. It's just very depressing. The youngest Whaley sister, Corinne Lillian. She was engaged at the time when Violet died, um, but because of the scandal around the suicide, her fiance ended their relationship. That's weak. <laughs> Men ain't shit. Are you so worried about like one shouldn't be a scandal? No, like she had mental health problems. Oh, hey, sorry
0: that your family just had a tragedy. I'm out. I'm leaving you. <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't really like people looking at me. I'm leaving. Yeah. Literally yeah, weak. I wish his name was on anywhere I could read because Print his name I, Yeah. <laughs> he sucked. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So with the Whaley family pretty much being churned on by everyone around them and the tragic death of Violet, Thomas decided to build a new house in downtown San Diego at nine 9- nine hundred and thirty three street State Street and the family moved there shortly after that. And the old Whaley house sat empty for a while like that's oh good well, yeah but Ghost i think wise. they and i think they still like used it for a thing like yeah. other people used it but they weren't really living in it mm-hmm. so um, during that next time period um francis whaley the oldest son now that i figured that out ended up marrying a woman named susan e murray murray i never know if it's if they want it murray. i think it's usually murray murray but I'm also from Kentucky. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, my gosh. Never mind. Just somewhere in California. I don't want to look this up. And I and I don't want to be attacked for how I say this. So I'm not saying it. They got married on December 31st, 1888. So New Year's Eve. How fun. <laughs> what a blast of a wedding.
0: Yeah. A party. Yeah. Uh, two years
1: later... This is back to the sad. Uh, on December 14th, 1890, Thomas Whaley sadly passed away due to poor health in their second home. Uh, his daughter, Anna Amelia, died five years after on December 12th, 1905 in Modesto, California. Modesto just like has weird vibes to me because I feel like there's other cases. Like wasn't Jody Arias or something? In Modesto. Maybe. Or like there's a couple people that Uh, are like around there. It's mentioned in other cases. Yeah. And I that just feels weird. We're not ever going there. (laughs) No. So I also just feel like December's a weird month for them.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say a lot of stuff's happening in December.
1: Yeah. Winter, not their strongest time for their family. So while all of that is happening among the family, uh, the Whaley house itself was falling more into disrepair until about 1909 when Francis Whaley decided to restore the house and turned it into a bit of a tourist, tourist, tourist.
0: Okay, (laughs) so I get made fun of for how I said whatever I said last time. (laughs) (laughs) Memoir.
1: And you say tourist. Memoir. That's how you said it. Okay, tourist attraction. I can't read or or (laughs) talk. I'm so sorry. Tourist attraction. Also, I feel like I say tour weird. I don't know. Anyway, Kristen makes, my sister makes fun of me. So Francis Whaley did this by basically making it somewhat of like a lived-in museum and had like signs pointing out the history. And then he would play his guitar for visitors.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's iconic. Yeah. Here's a tour and now I'm I'm going to play play a
1: guitar for
0: you. He had a stage. (laughs) He's that guy that takes a guitar to parties. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that was him. But people came to his house so i mean hey they're gonna come
0: you might as well he said on my way out you can buy my album
1: (laughs) so eventually in 1912 so a few years later anna the mom corinne lillian um francis and george whaley all lived back in the original whaley house so they moved back in uh in the beginning of 1913 on february 24th anna passed away at 80 years old she lived a very long life compared to like two of her children already mm-hmm. so it's like it's pretty impressive uh on november 19th in 1914 francis whaley passed away i don't know how he passed away but then 14 years after that george passed away on january 5th 1928
0: all in the house yeah all in the house and what time of year did george die george winter they're all in winter they're all
1: in winter february november january december december well
0: that's really strange i know
1: um i don't know i was gonna say corinne lillian whaley was the last living child of thomas and anna and she remained living in the house until she passed away in 1953 but i don't know what month
0: which it's not really important but it's just kind of interesting yeah
1: it's not like it gets freezing cold yeah like it does anywhere like i don't know It is strange. It is strange. The timing. So I do believe most of them passed away in the home, which I think has led to a lot of hauntings. Yeah. So now I'm going to say, this is a little bit about what the house has turned into. It's become a museum. So on May 25th, 1960, the Whaley House opened as the museum and it was managed by the San Diego Historical Shrine Foundation. (laughs) The shrine. The shrine. Yes. Um, June A. Strudwick... Redding, was the director of the Whaley House Museum from 1960 until her death in January 1998. According to June, the house has, quote, witnessed more history than any other building in the city. So, yeah. I feel like that's true. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, the house is maintained by the Save Our Heritage organization, and that's been since 2000. And a live-in caretaker has actually lived on the property since 2007 to prevent theft and vandalism. So okay. Someone has to live That's in this haunted place. Yeah, I would not. I would not want that to be me. Yeah. So now to talk about the hauntings. Yee. And I'm sure there's more recent history, but I didn't find it, and the website wasn't working. <laughs> <laughs> so in 2005, Life Magazine called the Whaley House quote the most haunted house in America. Uh, The Travel Channel has it listed as the most supernatural house in the United States. Dang. Uh, Yeah. Uh, The Whaley family, when they actually moved in, the San Diego Union was told by the Whaley parents that they would hear heavy footsteps throughout the house, and they thought it was the spirit of Yankee Jim Robinson. And like I said, he was hung there, if you don't remember. But yeah. So even their family experience things. Yeah, I
0: love that. Like, when you hear stories like that about places like this where it's like, it's haunted even before, like, we think it was haunted, you know? Yeah,
1: it's haunted because of the land they bought it. Yeah. Uh, Like, what happened on that land? Uh, Corinne Lillian, the youngest, she also documented paranormal activity that they experienced, but, like, the originals of her journal are gone and like the preserved films of it are really hard to read Like their handwriting mm. is super strange yeah because they showed it on one of the shows i watched some of anna's writings and i, like, I don't know how anyone read, read any of that yeah <laughs> like it's very strange so multiple people in the family wrote it down every last weekend of each month the museum hosts um ghost hunting tours plus more tours around like halloween they do yeah more of those which every haunted place really does. Uh, employees and visitors in the Whaley House have noticed weird and mysterious noises, sightings, aromas, and have strange encounters. Uh, people will often hear loud and disembodied footsteps, and I think they've seen like footprints on Ooh. the ground before. Uh, and like I said, a lot, most people think that belongs to Yankee Jim, mm-hmm. which I thought that too until I got to the last episode I watched, and they think it's someone else. So. I'll say that later. Cool. But it's kind of definitely interesting. Um, some people report hearing tiny footsteps and crying and giggling, which they think is Thomas Jr. Because yeah. he was a baby. He was 18 months. So he would have been walking by that time. So I'm mm-hmm. like, that makes sense. Um, people, when they experience Violet's spirit, they will often see a young woman on the second floor. And they will often like also have like cold spots. And they'll hear crying sometimes, which mm-hmm. all of that makes sense for her. Uh, visitors have also seen the other family whaley family members including thomas senior who they usually see dressed in his frock coat and top hat at the top of the staircase and some people say that he would even like blow tobacco smoke in your face which is gross that's rude <laughs> yeah they talked about that on, thomas, Buzzfeed on salt that's rude <laughs> yeah not very nice guys um some people even report smelling anna's signature french perfume which how do you know it's French? Probably because I mean, they know what perfume she had. Yeah, but how do you, when you smell it, you're like, ah, yes. I'm sure it's the people that like work there yeah. that know what smells they normally smell and That's what's fair. different, you know? I and mean, they tell people probably like, yeah. this is what it smells like. Mm-hmm. Um, Other sightings include mists and lights turning on and off by themselves, and I guess there's a lamp in the music room that people see, like, the crystals on it moving a lot, so lots of strange things. So I watched, for this, I watched BuzzFeed Unsolved, I watched ghost adventures <laughs> <laughs> they talked to some cool people though so there okay. was actually some decent evidence we'll allow it. yeah it's an older one and i watched the holger files which my mom had originally told me to watch it and that episode episode specifically was probably one of the first ones i watched of it and it's kind of crazy i mean i jumped a little bit watching it even though i knew it was coming so yeah that's the last one so on buzzfeed unsolved additionally to the things that i've already mentioned they also said that sometimes a little girl is seen in the dining room and sometimes music comes on in the theater, like vaudeville music, mm-hmm. which they said those might be people that had visited the building yeah. before. And I guess at some point someone rented out someone in the Whaley family rented out rooms to other people. Yeah. And so they're like, maybe it's a spirit of someone else. Like, I don't know. It also could have been the Whaley girls when they were younger. Yeah. Um, the courtroom is especially haunted. A woman is often seen in the back corner of the jury box. And some paranormal investigators think that the jury box is a spiritual vortex. Intriguing. Yeah. So when the BuzzFeed Unsolved guys got in the witness stand, or Shane was in the witness stand, Ryan was in the jury box. And Shane so it was like, my flashlight's not working anymore. So that's kind of weird. And Ryan starts to hear kind of a creaking noise around him and starts to feel weird. And then Shane's like, if you're in there, like touch Ryan's spine. And then a few minutes later, Ryan starts to feel kinda of dizzy and then he like gets shivers down his spine. And Shane's like, Are you really getting? He's like, Yes, my spine is like yeah. tangly. And I was like, That is so weird.
0: Yeah, that's creepy. Also, I'm trying to visualize in my head, because I've seen that episode. Is this yeah. the one where they have dolls in the like in the jury room? No. Okay, that's somewhere else.
1: There are not dolls in the jury room, okay. I don't
0: think. <laughs> like, uh, not like tiny dolls, like
1: mannequins. No, no, no. Okay. No, I don't think so. Not that I recall. I feel like you The would. house is okay. pretty empty. Okay. <laughs> Except for, like, the furniture. Yeah. There's really not anything else. Um, They also, Ryan also mentioned that there's apparently a ghost dog and cat in the house. No one found that, but... We love they, The family dog did dog. have a dog and a cat, so... They're just all hanging around. One time, a police officer saw a woman crying, and then she smiled at him in there. And when he put his flashlight up to her, she vanished. So some people think that was like Violet. Mm-hmm. So moving on to different parts of the house, Anna is usually singing in the garden or the parlor, which the parlor is pretty haunted, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, one time, a tour guide was punching in the code to set the alarm for the house and i think that was downstairs near the parlor and he heard a woman ask him he's alone in the house and he said why are you here <laughs> and he's he's like i'm leaving he ran out the door without yeah. finishing the code so the alarm went off and a cop had to come and like no woman around and i was like that's so weird that's so scary yeah yeah i would also be like i'm not i'm not here i'm not here i'm leaving i promise <laughs> why are you here <laughs> That'd be so... Honestly, it'd be pretty funny yeah. to be the ghost, at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Yankee Jim's grave is also nearby the house. The cemetery he's in is nearby. And on BuzzFeed Unsolved, they visited. And Shane and Ryan were like, We hope you have a speedboat in the afterlife, especially because they are the ones that said he only attempted to do it. And they were like, you shouldn't have been, you know. (laughs) Um, So back to the house, the parlor is one of the most active areas in the house. And this was believed because the archway in the home is where the execution uh, site was for so many people, including Yankee Jim. Yikes! And Violet, like I said, also died in the parlor after her dad brought her in. So that's pretty, two pretty big yeah, events, places. And that's also where a cop has reportedly seen Anna Whaley's spirit as well. Yeah, um, Shane said he felt fine alone in there when he was trying, like, and he was even like trying to talk to Yankee Jim and he like felt totally normal, like usual. Shane yeah. doesn't really feel anything. Um, when Ryan was alone in there, he thought suddenly that someone was trying to p- play a prank on him because he heard a whisper in his ear and then they played the audio back and you could hear like something like breathing really quickly in his ear. So that was kind of weird. Yeah that's creepy. So that was Buzzfeed Unsolved. Not too much. Yeah. But still interesting. And just like getting to see the house. It's so weird like the different rooms that are in this small house. Yeah. I don't know. So moving on to Ghost Adventures. So to start off, they invited another paranormal investigator who was the founder of the San Diego Ghost Hunters. And she presented a photo to them, to Zach and Nick, because Nick was still on it, uh, in the photo. It's kind of like the top of the stairway of the house. So you see the stairs and you see the like little landing next to it. And you can see clearly like there's a person coming up the stairs and one other pe- person going down the little side hallway right next to it. They're human beings. And then in front of the person in the hallway, you see like a gray shadowy figure where you can yeah. clearly see the head and the arm. Like you can clearly see it defined. And it kind of looks like it's coming through a window into the house. Mm. And so Zach was like, no one can get out on the roof, right? And they were like, no, that's not allowed. And he's like, "Yeah." so yeah, it's not a person. coming, And it's very clearly, you can tell the other people are people. Yeah. And it's like a weird gray, white color. So, and they said it was taken after one of their like ghost hunting tours with like people had gone and it was just people that work there. Um, one of the investigators that was in the picture hadn't even seen it before until this episode. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Um. Her name was Jokey. <laughs> It's I love fun. that. Um, she has had a lot of experiences in the house. She told Zach that she has seen what she she thinks she's seen like six apparitions: two men and four women. And every single one of them, she said, has either been walking away from her or turned away from her. So she has never seen their faces. That's yeah, kind of scary. And she says she thinks it's like intentional. Yeah. And she's like, I think they're comfortable with me being here, but they don't want to confront me at all. Yeah, like they don't want me to see them. And even, she's the one walking towards the spirit in the picture, and it looks like it's turned away from her, like its face is turned away, which is Ooh. just like, that is so strange. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. So they were kind of talking to her, and because she's there more often than the other person that brought the photo, and they were both t- standing there, and they were talking, I think they were trying to be like, that's uh, Yankee Jim, and... That's like him being hung there. Well, they were just like, is that the height that it would be at? Someone hanging? And the two women were all just like, we have nothing to back that up like
0: <laughs> oh so zach was trying to like yes s- like he does yeah like he and so i was like i'm up. so
1: happy someone is being like no that assumption you can't make that like that's my biggest beef with ghost adventures is even when they do get good evidence they're like this must be the story yeah and, and it's, it's like, like
0: that's not always
1: <laughs> where did you get any of those details beside the word that came out of the Oculus? Yeah. like <laughs> where did you come up with yeah. that yeah so that happened that was funny to me and then another thing that happens in the house that they were told about is that people that come for tours when they're usually on the stairwell they feel like scratches on their necks and one guide in particular said that when he first started there was a guest on his tour who was on the staircase and they had pictures of scratches on his neck and it was like a couple inches apart and he said it's like the width of a rope around the neck And Jokey, the one who said she had seen six apparitions, said she has only seen that happen one time as well. And she said you could basically see like rope fibers in the scratches. So it looks like an actual rope is around these people's necks. That's scary. Yeah. So that is mostly, I feel like the physical things that happen are that or people in every single episode of a show I watched, someone was short of breath and dizzy. Mm-hmm. And so it's just very... I think those are the physical effects that these Interesting. spirits have. Um, then they were trying to contact Yankee Jim outside of the theater around the stairwell. And they heard some creaking behind them, but they didn't really catch anything there. And they also learned that Yankee Jim likes to target police officers. Makes sense. I wonder they hug why. him. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, while they... Then they go into the courthouse and... While they're in there, Nick started to get dizzy and have pressure on his neck and stomach once he like moved near the jury box and he was short of breath. And so I was like, that's really weird that he's having yeah. the same physical experience. Uh, Jokey and another man that helps run the museum, they are both telling on two different occasions. I think he's a historian because he was in Hold Files as well. They both told of a time when out on the staircase, they saw on the same day, one in the morning, one in the evening on the same day, They saw a man who they believe is Thomas Whaley leaning over the banister of the stairs in the exact same position, just looking down at them, like menacingly. And then they're like, "Okay, (laughs)
0: something about like even before you mentioned the other stuff about the stairs. Yeah. Like I was going to say something about like the idea of being at the bottom of the stairs and seeing something at the top or being at the top
1: and seeing something in the bottom. Yeah. Either way. It's so scary. Yeah. I don't like stairwells. No, they scare me. Yeah. After that, a San Diego investigator who took the picture, she came back and and she told Zach and Nick That George Whaley really likes to communicate with the Ovulus. And so she played a clip of a time she was using it. And they have, like, at the house, they have, like, in the first edition Ovulus, and it only had, like, 500 words in it. It's interesting. But they literally capture the three words first coming out of it I'm George Whaley. Whaley is not in that for sure. And so they were like, he is manipulating this device to say words that are not that's in it
0: crazy
1: yeah and then her name was Maritzia she caught it saying silly Maritzia straight up oh my
0: gosh yeah
1: and it's like that's definitely not in the yeah. ovulus so and they played it it was very cool i'm like there's no way like if it's a real ovulus they're not manipulating that. yeah yeah so like the people are not doing that yeah so because of that, they brought in Bill Chapel, who created the Obulist, to join them during this episode. Obviously, And so he set up an experiment throughout the house that was using lasers and mirrors to try. It's kind of what happens inside a digital recorder for EVPs. Okay. And they were trying to make it so you can hear an EVP out loud in real time. It didn't really work.
0: Yeah, it's very, it, I don't understand any of that. I didn't either, stuff,
1: but it was basically, it caused like a very low humming sound mm-hmm. throughout the house. And he you said, you'll either hear a voice or if something is trying to talk, the humming will change, the sound of the, yeah, like the m- frequency? of the speakers will be different. Okay. And you could hear it get weird several times. So that was very interesting. And one point, Zach said he heard a whisper. No, I was like, I hear the lasers and the sounds being different and weird. And it got very loud. But I was like, I don't hear a whisper. I think you're crazy. And maybe it was in his ear. Who knows? Uh, At one point, they also were doing the experiment. And they heard like a loud thud on the stairs kind of like footsteps and Aaron was like freaking out and so Zach just goes Aaron go do it (laughs) something like it was very weird how he said it and so the same experiment was happening upstairs so Aaron's all alone and he's in the theater and it started to get quiet like the humming up there got kind of quiet and he's like it's kind of calming down and then it started to make a really weird like beeping noise with it and then it's to me a voice did come through somewhat to me i thought it sounded like a weird hello which they had asked earlier can you just say hello or something they said it says no power i did not think that's what it says
0: whatever yeah
1: so take my word for it i'm really smart i think we hello. are the credible source yes so zach went upstairs to try and provoke and he asked he was only one upstairs he was trying to get yankee Jim to talk to him and he's like if you can make a noise somewhere tell me where you are all of the guys downstairs heard a thump but zach didn't hear and they were like they were just at the bottom of the staircase and he was just at the top and they're like how did he not hear that that's interesting and bill chapel was like was that zach and zach was like i'm not making any noise up here and so it's like okay That's weird. Um, And then later, the alarm system in the house. So there was a guy, I think maybe he's the caretaker or he just is always there. He was like helping monitor from outside. I think they just wanted another party there to like be like, we're not making this up. And he had told them the alarm system would probably go off around 1 a.m. Like that's pretty normal. Like I think there's just like a routine thing or something. And he said, if it goes off at any other time, I have no explanation for it. At 11.58 p.m., it went off. And he was like, yeah, it's not 1 a.m. I don't know why this is going off. Kind of weird. And so he went in and turned it off. Zach's following him with the camera. Someone else is following Zach. And there was a whisper that I thought was the cameraman because he hadn't point. no one had pointed it out yet. And I was just like, that was kind of a weird whisper. But I was just like, I really thought it was a cameraman. And then they were like, there was a whisper that was not, that we did not hear in the moment. And you were like, yeah, there was. I was like, yeah, it was kind of pretty loud for a whisper. I thought it was a human being and you can't, I couldn't tell what it said. They couldn't tell what it said, but it was like several words and it was very weird. And I thought it was a person. I highly recommend just going to listen and see the stuff that other people captured and to hear that because it's interesting. And then the final thing that happened that I don't really love. Okay, it's kind of weird. The first part is interesting and then Zach just got weird. So Zach and Aaron were sitting in the theater and uh, Zach was taking like full spectrum photos to try and catch something. There's nothing on the stage really. Aaron leaves, Zach's sitting in there by himself. And then Nick kind of comes in and then Zach is like, can you shoot my back? Because he was like, I'm feeling, he's like, I feel like there's a hand with long nails, like kind of brushing up and down my back occasionally. You don't see anything. And then he's taking full spectrum pictures and they get a picture and it's like four long fingers, like weirdly like a hand in the photo. And it's like, you can kind of see like a wrist and just some fingers, and they're mist-like. And he's like, "What are they?" And he like, and like, none of the other photos have that in it. And yeah. it's very weird. I'll give him that one. That's interesting. It was strange. And then Zach was like, "I want to be alone in here with the spirit." And so, of course he does. <laughs> yeah. And so then he immediately starts trying to talk to Violet, twenty-two-year-old girl. As if she's the one tickling his back. Like, that's kind of how he sees it. What a creep. Yeah. And he's like, Are you back in the dressing room? Like, looking around. Oh, that's
0: creepy. Like, I, I was know. kidding, but that actually <laughs> is <know>. creepy.
1: <laughs> and then he kind of called him Yankee. Then he thought, and then he said tam- Thomas Tanner. And then he was trying to talk to the troop person. Okay. But I was like, At first, I was like, You're being creepy, Zach. <laughs> Can you knock it off? So that was the last thing you really did on there. I was mad at him for that. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted everyone to know we can't go an episode about ghosts without bashing on Zach Bagans. <laughs> so <gasps> moving on to Holger Files. Pretty creepy. So they have a sidekick also just to tell everyone. I don't love sidekicks. Like we've said, they scare me, but what she does is I like pretty, her though she's yeah, like I mean I like the two I like her and I like Chip me like, too yeah but I would never want that for myself no <laughs> no but it's always so interesting so first off I'll say so I don't know if ever, if anyone has ever watched the show or not Hans Holger was one of the first paranormal investigators and he used to take uh, some psychics. I think he had like a main one and then some other ones and they would go to haunted places and the psychics would channel and he would like record mm-hmm. on tape and on film like their sessions and stuff and then his daughter now has all of those and Dave Schrader they sit through it at first and like that's how they pick where they're going. Yeah. And so I'll say though, so they start the episode with his daughter and a historian. The historian got it wrong because he the first thing he said was that Whaley, Thomas Whaley only had two daughters and no Which, other kids. And I was like that's just that's not true. Not yeah. true. <laughs> and this other stuff he said was not true. And the psychic in the tape said that the spirit, like, an evil spirit in the house influenced Violet to commit suicide. And I was like, maybe, but also just, I think she just had mental illness. Like, I think she was just really depressed. Like, I don't know, that felt weird the whole time. And then, but then this thing is kind of important for later. She was like, the spirit wants control over the house and it's laughing, which is very creepy. No. Yeah, they're suspecting Yankee Jim, but I don't really, but even before, I was like, I don't really think that because he seems kind of peaceful. Like, no one else has said, like, they've heard his footsteps. But I was like, no one has said anything violent. Well,
0: and from about. the sound of it, he wasn't, like, a
1: violent offender. Yeah. Like- Which also just makes me think, and also what, I, what I'll what i talk about in a little bit from this, I don't think he's the one doing the rope burns on people either. Yeah. Like, other people were executed there. Mm-hmm. So, so first in the investigation, Cindy, the sidekick, and Shane, their tech guy, did, like, a base walkthrough. Dave was just watching. Cindy doesn't know anything about the case at all. And she starts to feel dizzy immediately, which is so weird because that's what everyone has. And she feels initially pulled towards the parlor. And she said it creeps her out. And she's like, someone definitely died in here. Yes. That's true. Um, she said she keeps seeing a pool of blood surrounding a woman's death and that she was really angry at her husband and felt very betrayed. So, oh, she picked right up on. Spot Violet. on. Yeah and um then she starts doing automatic writing which i don't know that scares I me i don't understand it It scares me but she said she's communicating with the darker entity and it's just her and the shane guy and the cameraman and she looks at him and was like he's going to turn your camera off and a, a couple a minute or two goes by and the thermal camera he's using turns off on it's unexpectedly interesting <laughs> and it's just like this guy tells her what he's gonna do yeah and he does it so then later um dave goes to interview the historian And the guy who was on Ghost Avengers, he just talks a lot, like, talks normally and very proper, giving the history like you should. And then he starts getting kind of weird when they're asking him about the spirits. And he's like, I'm sorry. And and then he's like, I just want to be careful, like, even if I can't see them, like, I don't want them to hear if I say something out of line or something like that. And he's just like, this man is scared of (laughs) something, which sounds like things might have gotten worse between when Ghost Avengers and they got there. So... That would make sense um another employee that they interviewed was named brandon and <laughs> he was vacuuming in the parlor one day and he got really dizzy all of a sudden near the archway in the room and he fell down and was laying there and it was he said it took him a while to like fig- be like what is going on yeah and he all he could think was like what is happening and like what did i do that made this thing mad like Ooh. that's what he was feeling and on the Holzer tape from years ago the psychic had said that the mean spirit doesn't like noise unless he makes it and i and they were like that could explain the vacuum but also later they kind of said maybe it was a residual thing from violet's death and like he just felt a wall there and like had to lay down from that pain so there's a couple things that that could have been um then later that night cindy and dave after they interviewed that guy cindy and dave went to yankee jim's grave And she immediately was like, I don't think he's at the house. So that's something. Mm -hmm. She doesn't feel like he's there. And so then Dave was like, okay, leave me where you feel like you want to go in the cemetery. And she felt pretty drawn to some unmarked graves. And... She kind of felt like there were a couple men there that were like trying to protect their land and stuff. Okay. That's kind of, and she's like, maybe they started a gang or something. Like they were like arsonist. I don't know. It was very weird. She kind of, she didn't really know much, but it was kind of along those lines. Yeah. Like like, trying to, they were like rebelling and revolting and stuff. Okay. But like the arson that happened at the Whaley house? No, 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 no. I think this is different. I don't, I think it's kind of related to Thomas Whaley, which I'll tell you in a second, but I don't think it has to do with them burning down their house or their general storm. That pretty much confirmed for Cindy, like, I don't think Yankee Jim is a dark force. It's something deeper. And so then the next day, uh, Dave goes to talk to a researcher in the area. And she was telling him about three different men who were part of a group that was trying to protect Native American rights in the area. I think they were trying to illegally tax them and stuff. And and so they kind of formed a group to Uh revolt, which kind of goes in with the idea of the gang thing that Cindy was feeling. Not that they were a gang, but like a group of people. Yeah and specifically because of this stuff two men were hung one was named juan verdugo or something like that i didn't write down the second one's name not as important for later <laughs> and uh the leader they were hung and then the leader of the group was named antonio gara and he was executed by a firing squad thomas swaley was at the hangings of both men and it took each of them 45 minutes to die because 45. the five the rope was only like a foot long and it didn't snap their necks. And so they suffered for a very long time. And Thomas Whaley was actually part of the firing squad that killed the leader, Antonio Gara. He was part of yeah, it? Yeah, he was one of them. Oh my god! So he has issues with that. Um, all three men were buried in the same cemetery as Yankee Jim. So those could have been some of the graves she was led to. Also, Antonio Gara's execution was like, they shot him like into his grave there. So like, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So it's very that's crazy. heavily packed there. So the researcher also showed Dave some of Mrs. Whaley's original writings that no one outside of her organization had seen and they had like recently resurfaced. And one of the lines that she included was, I think the house is doomed and possessed of spirits, which makes sense. Yeah, The <sighs> land it was built on. That makes sense. And these, like her papers were all written before Violet died. So they kind of were like, They could have had something to do with that. Like, mm, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. It could have happened. It could have. It's happened before, like, in other things. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think people use that as, like, an excuse to, like, not pay attention to mental illness. Yeah. So
1: now it's time for their final investigation, which is already, they've already uncovered some crazy stuff. Yeah. So Cindy entered a bedroom and starts to feel like she can't breathe yet again. People can't breathe. Uh, Dave was upstairs in the theater and mapping. He started mapping a figure on the stage using the SLS camera. And he asked it to raise its arm. If he could, if the spirit could see him and then it disappeared without raising its arm. Mm-hmm. But then Dave played back his audio of the moment. And when he said, can you raise your arm if you can see me? And a voice clearly said, yes. Hmm. And he was like the cameraman, Rob, who was on. He was the one that caught that creepy figure at Trans Allegheny. I didn't realize he was on that crew now, oh. but it, that was him. He's like, good Rob, for him. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Rob, did you just say something? And he's like, no, I'm, like, I'm a cameraman. I'm not talking. Yeah. And. They've replayed it, and it's very clearly someone saying yes. Mm. And so it's like, okay, they can see you. Yeah, might not move their arm for you, but they see you. So then, uh, they kind of go down to the parlor, and the room that Cindy was in already was kind of off the parlor a bit. But she starts to like just be like, she feels like there's a wall. Like, she runs into it before she goes into that bedroom, mm-hmm. and that's, like, where Violet Whaley—I felt like I wasn't saying her name right for a second—where she died, and that's also where, like I said, the employee fell, and so that's kind of when she's like, maybe he's re- reliving, maybe it's darker, yeah. I don't know. And then while they're talking about the incident, because Dave is down there now, they hear a loud thumping on the stairs, and they're kind of just like, no. okay don't like that and they kind of felt like i think we're getting close to something and they don't want us to know and so sydney starts to feel a man behind her and she's like i don't like him he's standing behind me and then she looks at Dave and's like he's he wa- he's going to f up your knees and she's like do you have bad knees and he's like yeah i have bad knees she goes he's gonna mess with them
0: oh no yeah and so, we can't go <laughs> yeah no
1: <laughs> maybe he just doesn't like men i don't know <laughs> But so Cindy, so they kind of move on from that a little bit. Like, they're not focusing on it too much. And um, Cindy starts to pick up on the name John. And a last name starting with, like, a V. She's like, Vargas, Vargas. And then Dave's like, that's pretty close to Juan Verdugo. Like, John and Juan. Yeah. yeah. And so he's like, he was hung right here, too. Hmm. So, like, maybe it's not Yankee Jim. This might be him. That's interesting. And so then they're kind of like... John, like, John, <laughs> Juan, are you here right now? And they hear a very loud thump somewhere else. And they're kind of like, that kind of sounds like a faded gunshot. They're like, are oh. they trying to scare us like that? And so then they start to, like, keep going with their EVP session. And while they're replaying it, all of a sudden, they're in the archway. And the one Shane guy is right next to the wall. Dave is in the middle of Sandy all the time. All of a sudden, you see something shove Dave into, like, through his leg, like, at his legs and up. So he kind of like goes up when he gets shoved into the other guy and just falls on the ground. It's so that I knew it was coming and I jumped when it
0: happened. Oh my goodness. It was
1: very aggressive and he just fell all the way to the ground. And he was like, I don't know if I fell into you or the wall. And the guy was like, you fell into me. Like, (laughs) it's like it wasn't the wall, but he like could barely walk. And then Cindy said like, was that you, Juan? And they replayed the audio later and they caught the creepiest slow laugh, like a raspy voice going, "Ha." ha
0: Ha. like so creepy
1: and like cindy she had said multiple times and the old sidekick were like he's laughing at us always and so it's just like yeah and they told the people that work there, like this is he was like that was the scariest thing that has ever happened to me as a paranormal investigator (laughs) so that is the last thing i had but it was the creepiest thing that happened yeah i think some darker people are in there than yankee Jim. yeah yeah i think so yeah so that was the Wailing wow. House. I'm kind of scared to go there, but yeah, also, I was going to say, it I could don't think be I'll cool. It's smaller than you think it is, but spooky. Wow. A good one for our 25th. <laughs> yeah. Nice get ready for our news next week guys big
0: news it's a
1: paranormal news dun, dun, dun. so if you like ghosts stick around
0: stick around and we'll also probably talk about it
1: on our instagram and stuff yes. so you should follow us on the things on instagram at something sick podcast or twitter at asick podcast or on tiktok at something sick podcast or email us you should email us at somethingsickpodcast at gmail.com.
0: And also we still have stickers if you want stickers. Yes. We will send
1: them. I hope yes. everyone has gotten them if you've asked so far because we've sent them all out.
0: Yes. So see. let us know if you want stickers and follow us on things and we'll talk to you next time. Peace out, homies.